All right, welcome back. This week on the Dance Business Daily, we're going down under with my new friend, Josephine Land Cuba. Check it out. This is Dance Business Daily, a daily podcast where you can always find real talk with real studio owners, where we'll share best practices, success stories, and actionable insights so we can all get a little bit better together. I'm Bryce Conlon, and I'll be your guide. Welcome to the show, and let's get into it. All right, so here's the thing. Running a business, any business, doesn't matter what industry, doesn't matter how you do it, is not an easy task. I, I always make the joke that to step out and start your own thing, to be an entrepreneur, you have to be on some level a glutton for punishment. Well, today, my guest has her hand in so many different things. I feel tired just thinking about it. She's the owner of the Musical Makers Club down in Sydney, Australia. She also owns a talent agency called Next Move Studios. She just launched her new podcast called Business Arts and All That Jazz. She's published a book called The Women That Are Changing the World, and she is also a coach. So if you find yourself stuck at any point during this conversation, you can reach out to my new friend, Josephine. Josephine, thanks for being here. How are you? I am so good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I cannot wait. So you know and I know that this conversation is a long time coming. Like literally, we've been going back and forth and life circumstances have kind of delayed our getting together. But to say that I am genuinely thrilled to be here now with you is is an understatement. You are someone that is just, it's amazing to me what you're working on and all the different things that you're touching successfully. So what's the secret, yeah. Josephine? How do you balance it all? Um, well, you know, I don't really believe in a work-life balance. That's for sure. I think that work-life balance is a little bit of a myth, but I definitely, definitely believe in work-life blend. So, you know, you just do what you have to do when you do it. And I plan well. And yeah, I just make time for what's important to me, I suppose. And, and that's how I kind of make it all work. <laughs> Fantastic. So let me ask you, when you, everybody starts in business, um, mm. when, well, let me put it like this. When we hear a guest like you, where we come on and it's just like a rolling list of accolades, right? The, <laughs> the number of things that you're involved with is, is long and lengthy that may feel a little bit unapproachable for some of our listeners who maybe mm. they own just a single studio and maybe it's mm -hmm. one location and they're already feeling like they're a little bit, you know, treading water or struggling to keep up. So I'd like to take it back to what was your first business before you got into touching all the different things that you're touching now and built the systems that mm -hmm. allow you to do everything that you are doing? Where did yeah. you begin? Yeah, and I think that's really um, a really important story because I don't, I, I don't have what I have today because it was gifted to me. <laughs> My road has been long, lengthy. There has been blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, I I moved out of home when I was fifteen years old. I, I definitely come from the school of hard knocks. And for me, I think, you know, the performing arts was always my savior. I, I really found the joy in the arts. So I worked as an artist for many years. Um, you know, I was a singer on stages. I, I did all of that. And I, I, you know, waitressed on tables and worked as an artist and did everything that artists do. And then I think I was on, on government benefits, you know, in my 20s, um, literally living below the poverty line. And I 
went to a like a it's called Centrelink here in Australia. I'm sure you have some sort of department, the government department that helps people in need. So I went there and I did a free course that they were offering. It was a business course. And I and I went and I really applied myself to this certificate for in business, right? <laughs> and then I'm going to learn all the things. And I loved, I fell in love with the idea that I could generate my own income. And during that program, I came up with an idea to start um, basically dance classes, but they were dance fitness classes. So when I first started, it was dance for fitness. And so I was doing that and I was the teacher. So I approached schools, high schools, gyms, wherever, and I was teaching all of these classes. And that was the very beginning of my journey. And then it evolved and grew and grew. And, you know, through trial and error, <laughs> Um, a couple of decades later from when I first started being an artist, I think, you know, I finally found that that formula that works and 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 that success. Um, and now, yeah, so that that's kind of that the long, I guess, story of how it started. But it wasn't easy. So that's really important because I don't want people to think, oh, yeah, it's all just been handed to me. No, there was a lot of work involved. But here we are today. I appreciate that because there's it's so it's so easy to look back in mm. time right and to mention the highlights you know kind of the mm -hmm. best the best of the, the 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 hits and for those listening to go that's not me you know i'm not there or i'm not there yet and mm -hmm. to feel a little discouraged so let's if you're cool with it let's spend a little bit of time talking about that that road because no doubt there are lessons that you've learned then that are creating the successes now true or false yes. yeah very true i think um a lot of it had to do with self-belief and backing myself um you know especially when i started in business you know everything from undercharging not valuing my time um through to collaborating with the wrong types of people all of that so um, I guess when I really started to commit fully and find the success was not that long ago, I suppose. It was probably about six or seven years ago is when I really said, right, I'm going to knuckle down and I'm going to focus my attention full time to this business. It was actually about the time I had fallen pregnant with my first child. So I think there was a sense of urgency mm -hmm. then um, because I was like, okay, I'm going to be a mum now and I just want to, I just want to get this right, you know? Um, so that's when I started dabbling in um, opening up a studio. I got a premises um, that went terribly wrong, but anyway, that's a, that's a story for another time, probably <laughs> terrible landlord, horrible, horrible waterlogged walls with electricity that didn't work, Ooh. whatever. Anyway, it was terrible. That sounds awful. But I, it was. And I learned a lot from even that experience. You know, it was my first time signing a lease. I didn't, you know, and I went really cheap because I didn't have the money and I, or I was scared to have them to spend the money and invest in myself and back myself. So all of these pieces that came to eventually um, finding my niche 
I think I, I think I threw a lot of different things at the wall to, to find out what would stick. And, and then it wasn't until I found my niche in musical theater. See, I was a traditional dance studio at when I, when I first signed that lease and started, you know, ballet, tap, jazz, drama, whatever. But really where my passion lay was in that musical theater side. And so it took me a couple of years to figure that out. But eventually when I started to focus on my niche, that's when the traction started. Yes. So how did you know like that when you found your niche? Because I can imagine that there are studio owners who are listening to this right now who can identify very much with where you were before, right? Where you're running a studio, it's dance and dance only, and it feels like a constant slog. It's not mm -hmm. easy. It's not working. It's not fun. Mm -hmm. And still kind of on the other side it's really really easy to just settle and kind of get complacent yeah. in your patterns your routines and and you didn't you yeah. ventured out and you tried new things like departing the safe space of the dance world to pursue musical theater and that might be really scary for some yeah what is like how did you do that or what would you yeah. say to someone who can relate to that experience yeah, I think for me, um, first of all, it became very clear that my business was a shamble when actually I had an inquiry from a client who looked at my website and they literally said, look, I'm interested in, in, in doing something with you, but can you just explain? I've been to your website and I'm a little bit confused. What exactly do you do? And I went, oh, that's not good that's what i knew because i was even then like i had my i was in the in the midst of starting a bit of an entertainment company on the side and having um, my talent agency and but all of it was in this one website and in this one brand name and it was really it was really messy um so i knew then that there was if the public was confused <laughs> then there's a problem my branding wasn't there and then I thought, okay, so I guess as well, I remember doing a concert um, and I got clients saying to me, oh, but my musical theatre clients and all of the ones that were part of particular programs were like, that was the best experience. We loved it. We loved it. And then I had a couple of others saying, oh, I think you, you spent too much um, focus on the musical theatre kids. <laughs> mm. And I was like, oh, that's not good. That wasn't my intention. And then I realized that the reason everything is, is being directed in that way is because that's what I'm passionate about. Like I'm trying to push S-H-I-T up the hill. I don't know what I'm allowed to say on here. Me neither, yeah. go for it. <laughs> I'm trying to push all this crap up a hill. And what for? Like, why don't I just do what I love and what I'm good at and what people come to me for, you know? Um, so that's, it took, a, it, I'm not, it didn't like happen overnight. You know, it's like a ballet school or being, um, you know, an adult studio or what, you know, finding your niche, finding what, what do you want, what do you want to focus on? And so once I discovered that, um, yeah, it was, it was an upward, an upward trajectory from there. So let's spend a little time on this because this I think is fascinating. 
and you've said it without saying it. You didn't use this language, but in order to say yes to what you're to musical theater, to what felt really good and really natural, at some point you have to let go and say no mm -hmm. to something else. And this is yeah. constant, right? As, as entrepreneurs, as business builders, you can't do it all. You have to constantly trade one thing for another, but that's hard. And it's, it can be really scary too, when you've got something that's kind of working to go for something that is yet unproven. Mm -hmm. um, did you experience kind of the tension in the, I got to let go of this, but boy, it's kind of working and I'm not really comfortable letting go just yet. Yeah. I think that's always a little bit scary because when you're letting go of something, you're not sure if the other side's going to work out. So you're like, right. oh, but if I let this go, does that mean that I'm going to lose out over here? But um, I think saying no is just as important as saying yes. You have to find the right balance. But I still, to this day, um, find myself trying to say no to things that don't really serve the end goal. So I think the main key here is that you have to really think about what, what your purpose is, what is the end goal? And do these steps, do these things and offerings or packages or whatever I'm doing and spending all my time doing, does any of that lead me to the end goal? And quite frankly, a lot of what I was experiencing a couple of years ago, I would say, no, it wasn't. I was wasting time trying to make things work that didn't even lead me to any place I wanted to be. And so, I mean, even the other day, actually, I got a call from um, an, an entertainment company. They wanted to book through my agency, Santas. I know that sounds weird, but we, we hire out Santas. We did anyway last year um, and, and the year before. But to be honest, I'm because we've just come out of a four-month lockdown, in, almost four-month lockdown in Sydney anyway. It felt like six years. But because um, of COVID, obviously, I'm sure everyone's well-versed in that space. <laughs> yeah, we, all you had to say was lockdown and we all knew what you, yeah, yeah, we yeah, all yeah. Knew what you meant. Yeah, and, um, and everything's just bombarded and come back to life because now we're back in person and all the things. And so there's a lot of overwhelm with that that comes with, oh my gosh, we've just come through this big lockdown and now life is back and business is back and now we've just got to do all the things, right? And, um, and I'm like, you know what? I am going to say no to booking Santas this Christmas because that doesn't really serve my end goal and the amount of work it takes to you know, get those actors, make the bookings for a couple of hundred bucks on a, on a, you know, profit on a thing. And normally I would just say yes to everything when it comes to entertainment bookings. But this season I'm just saying no, because I just don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do it. You know, like there's no point overloading yourself on it. You know, I do know actually, and this is, this is something that I, um, take very seriously. So Christian and I, my, you know, my business partner, I don't think yeah. you've met him yet, but we regularly do what we call time audits, where we sit down and look at the things that we're spending our time on and mm -hmm. then asking ourselves the question, Hey, does this fuel me? Like, do I enjoy doing this or does it feel like, Oh my gosh, I 
have to put time on my calendar to do that, and I don't like doing it. So just, again, we're, we're kind of measuring the energy expenditure. Um, and then B, is the time spent moving us towards our end goal? And we had, I'm going to be really uncomfortably honest and sorry, Christian, um, it's going out there. But we had a realization, I don't know, maybe five months ago, four months ago, maybe, where we realized that a lot of our time and energy was being focused on things that ultimately were just spinning our wheels. It wasn't mm -hmm. moving us towards our goal. It wasn't helping to serve our clients. It wasn't um, propelling our business forward. It was activity and it was fun and we enjoyed it, but it wasn't ultimately moving us towards our goal. Mm -hmm. But that's a hard thing to realize, you know, in, in chasing your passion, like you said, I don't really enjoy booking the Santas this year. It makes perfect sense. But for a lot of folks, they would say, oh, but that's a revenue stream. How can you yeah. just give that up? And what would you say to people who are experiencing that in their in their minds right now as they're picturing themselves in their own studio situations, yeah. realizing maybe they need to start saying no to some real revenue? I think when you're when you're first starting out, you you do need to say a bit more yes than no, um, <laughs> because well, that's you're fair. just yeah, that's, that's fair. But I've been doing this for a few years now, and. Yeah, I think I'm in a position where I can say no. I don't need, I don't need that particular revenue stream because that is going to pull me away from the other revenue streams that I actually see the potential and growth in. So I guess that's where that comes from. But look, at first, you know, you've got to say yes. I, I get that. But after a while, you can you can have more choice and say no. Actually, it's funny, I actually did a time audit. Um, on myself for the first time a few weeks back and I set an alarm for every 30 minutes for seven days and my and every 30 minutes I'd write down what I did my husband was like can you turn that bloody <laughs> alarm off it's driving me mental and I'm like well you know I got to figure out where my time spent, you know? Anyway, it turns out, and this is gross, but 10% of my time was wasted on social media. Yeah, I believe that. So I deleted the Facebook app off my phone. I still can log in onto my laptop and check it and I use it for work and whatever, but it's not like on tap, you know? So there you go. Good on you. Tip there, everyone. Do a time audit and see how much time you're spending on social media. Oh, it's <laughs> tragic. So I, I, this is not a, a formal endorsement, but I bought this little cube off um, Amazon, and I, I love it because it's got the different like minutes of the you know time block time blocks, and you just turn it up. I don't know if you heard the little beep, and it yes, just starts ticking um, on its own, and so it's just really easy for me to do, and that's how I did it. But it, it. I too was stunned when I, I don't consider myself a social media user. I don't have the Facebook app on my phone. I was only using it on the desktop. And when I yes. did a time audit, I found myself like compulsively going to Facebook and I'd be there and I didn't even want to be there. I'd get there and be like, oh, well, I'm here. And then I'd start scrolling and 15 minutes would go by. I was shocked. So I, yes. I did the same thing. I put up some barriers to make it tough to jump to, to get there. And now I barely yeah, use it. And it is what it is. So let's talk. So let's shift then, because you've you've said a few times now that the important thing is to understand what your goal is, like your what your real goal is, like what's the purpose? Like, does this 
how do I say yes to something? Well, does it serve the purpose? Well, how do I know what my purpose is? And this is, I think, moving a little bit into a little bit away from Josephine, the uh, musical theater director, and maybe a little more towards Josephine, the business creativity, mm-hmm. you know, coach consultants to help people take their, uh, how did you put it? To take their creativity, turn their creativity, turn your creativity into, cash. into cash. I yeah. love that. So how do you do that? How do you know when it's when you found your purpose or when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing? I think the key is you have to actually set aside some time to think about it. I call it my why list. So why why do I want something? Why do I want to achieve something? And I literally just write it down. I think the best thing I ever did, remember I I said a few moments ago that everything was so confusing. There were all these pieces and this is very common in creative brains, right? You've got all these ideas and, oh, there's the next shiny thing. Oh, there's the next shiny thing, right? That's that's the way it goes. But um, I actually did a little bit of a cull list. So I said, right, what are all the things that I do or want to do? And I just dumped them on a piece of, I, I actually, I got a big piece of cardboard poster size and I literally dumped them. And then I said, right, now let's think about the pockets of where these themes sit. So let's say, okay, I book entertainers, I run ballet classes, I like to do xyz i want to start a pop group right whatever (laughs) and then i said okay so next move studios was my agency right so all of these things i do or want to do let's put them in that list okay now what what makes sense ah musical makers club right what are the things i do or want to do let's pop them in that list and then it's like okay so what are these other things well these are josephine lane cubit things these are just personal things that i want to do for either personal brand or for just my own pleasure, right? Something I want to achieve. So then I ended up with these three columns. And then I started (laughs) saying, right, there's a lot of shit on here, right? (laughs) And and so I started culling or benching. And then I started saying, right, what am I going to do in the next 12 months? Why don't we just circle those? Okay, cool. Okay, so let's pop those things on the bench list. I might get to them and I might not. I did it back then on cardboard. Now I use a Trello board, much better digitally, by the way. But anyway, um, sometimes pen to paper really helps my brain though as well. There's something something in writing, you know? Um, And yeah, so it's about collecting the thoughts, writing them down and then going, what am I going to prioritize? What do I really want to focus on? What's my end goal? The goal might be, I want to have a national program that, you know, that's my goal with the Musical Makers Club. I want to have a national program that makes theatre accessible. I want every child to feel like a star. I want to, you know, make it inclusive. I want every child to feel like they can be a part of this. So that's my goal. So then how do I get there? Right, well, that's not going to serve me. Cross that off. That's not going to serve me. That's going to distract me. Let's put that on the bench list. So it's about, you know, getting those ideas down, collating them, prioritizing them, and then seeing if they align with what you want to achieve. Your your goal might be anything. It could be, I want to buy a house on the beach. You know, I want to go on a Hawaiian holiday, whatever it is, you know, is is starting a pop group going to get me on a Hawaiian holiday? Probably not. 
because <laughs> you're not going to make much money doing that most likely unless you're like you know mega famous but that's not yeah exactly right you're in that little tiny percentage so you get where I'm going it's about what do you want to do are these things going to get you there start writing them down start making a plan you know what I really appreciate about this conversation and just about the way that you're framing how you think about this is and I, I hear this all the time from studio owners, from small business owners, everything feels urgent. Everything feels like it has yes. to happen right now. And what you've just described, and so listeners take note, is Josephine is like mapping out, this is what I'm going to do in, in a 12-month period. And it goes back to an old quote. I think it was Steve Jobs who said people, or it might have been Bill Gates. Sorry, guys, I got the two confused. I'm not sure who it was. <laughs> but the quote effectively is people grossly overestimate how, they can, how much they can accomplish in one year and significantly mm -hmm. underestimate how much they could accomplish in 10 if they just stay focused on it. Yeah. And so this is just a really interesting framework that not everything has to happen today. And it's okay to map things out over time. It's okay to map things out over years. I have a notebook. It's probably your, your bench is my notebook and I call it, it's my someday book. And it's things that ideas, inventions, um, interests, hobbies, things that I want to do more of someday. It's not an immediate now. It doesn't serve my goals. It doesn't help me get to where I want to be. But someday I can go back and revisit it. And just writing it down is really helpful, knowing that it's always there for me. I don't have to remember it. I don't have to feel like I'm going to lose it. Um, and it's an interesting form of journaling just to see what I'm interested in year over year, you know, yeah. as, as things change, as I change. So it sounds like there's some think too there. far ahead. I think <laughs> some, like, it's nothing wrong with saying in 10 years I want to be here, but to write a 10-year plan, I mean, it's pretty dumb. I don't know yeah. what I'm going to be doing in five years. Like, you know, I changed my mind. You know, I think 90 day plans are really good too. So I do 90 days and 12 months and that's it. And, you know, sometimes, like you said, too many things. I mean, it's ridiculous to say, I'm going to open up my studio to, and I'm sorry to say, I mean, maybe if you're one of the, the very fortunate ones, good on you kudos right but it's un it's unlikely that you're going to open your studio today and end up with a million dollars after 90 days like you know it's just it's unlikely and so why put that unrealistic pressure on yourself or to say i'm going to quit my job and and i am like as a full-time corporate role or a full-time retail role or whatever and i'm going to earn what i did as a full-time corporate person from my creativity, from my art, I'm going to do that in a six-month period. And it's like you're putting too much pressure on yourself. You know, it's crazy. It doesn't necessarily work like that. So I think having um, some realistic goals, but, you know, challenge your thoughts. Like, don't think, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to sit in my little bubble and not stretch myself. Of course you can you know, but I think, you know, not being kind to yourself as well when you make those plans, but adding a little bit of a challenge as well. So it's the balance. Well, it's the old, uh, it's the adage and it's um, set your aim 
what is it like aim for the moon and if you miss you'll still end up among the stars and we know that the science on that is totally wrong completely wrong doesn't work <laughs> like that but yeah. the idea being and i can say from my own experience we've done this where we've set goals i've set goals and been like this is my goal and fall horribly short of where you hope to be yeah. but i'm closer than i was when i started and that's mm -hmm. worth a whole hell of a lot so yeah. Fascinating. So if you could go back in time, and this is a question I ask a lot of people. So so how many years ago did you start your dance studio when you were traveling around and just teaching dance? Um, so I, I started like, I started dabbling in the business side of things over a decade ago, but I was still working as an artist. So I, I say that I only really started when I committed full time to my business. And that was six years ago. All right. So, six years. Um, Yes. All right. So, so it's six years ago, or honestly, because you said you left home at 15 to pursue um, being an artist. And so I'm going to leave this open to your own interpretation, how, where you want to take this. My question is, if you could go back in time, if I could put you in a time machine or, you know, like give you a magic wand and you could just go back in time to the beginning of this entrepreneurial journey, whether it's going through the free work um, that free program to get your business certificate or it was starting the business or starting the dance thing or whenever, whenever you want, if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Surround yourself with people that lift you up. That's my advice. <laughs> um, I think I spent way too many years being surrounded by people who dragged me down. Um, they had their own reasons. Um, unfortunately, I, you know, I've had business partners that have dragged me down. I've had friends that have dragged me down. The non-believers, the naysayers and the non-believers, oh my goodness, they really, um, unfortunately, I listened to them too much in my youth. And so, and even, God, up until I reckon only, yeah, maybe up until even 30. I mean, I'm 38 now, nearly 39. And I say that proudly because I'm much, I'm, I'm so much smarter than I <laughs> was when I was 10 years ago. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, just surround yourself with people, like-minded, supportive, uplifting humans and just kindly move past the naysayers and the um, negators because they just will drag you through the mud you know i do know i have <laughs> i too have made the mistake of hanging around with that crowd and it's amazing how much more you can accomplish and how much more fun it is when you're around people who will go hey i don't know if that's going to work out but I believe in you and if anyone can figure it out you can you get so much more done and it's so much more fun to do Mm. I love it. Well, Josephine, um, we're at shockingly at the end of our time. It's hard to believe we're actually a few minutes over. Um, I wanted to thank you for being here, but also for our listeners, if they want to hear more from you, because functionally as a creative coach, you're helping a lot of dance studio types, you know, um, owner artist operators, as I like to think of them who are trying to figure out how do I take my, my passion and turn it into profit. Um, how can they find out more from you? How can they get in touch? Where yeah. can they hear more? Yeah, so a couple of things. Um, firstly, I've got um, a podcast, which 
would be a great way to start where I offer lots of, you know, insights and I interview a bunch of amazing creatives, um, not just in dance, but across the board. And I think there's a lot to be said and for that. Um, yeah, and that's called Business Arts and All That Jazz. So yeah, that's available on any of your favorite podcast platforms, Business Arts and All That Jazz. Aside from that, I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching and I do that um, because I love helping creatives really find the profitability and what they love to do. And that's what I've successfully accomplished over the, the, the years. Um, and so you can find out more about that on my website. That's josephinelancuba.com. If you don't know how to spell Lancuba, I'm sure my name will be on here somewhere, but everyone gets so confused. Cuba, the country, guys. Um, so yeah, josephinelancuba.com. Um, and that's a great way to connect with me as well. I, and just a little, a little drop here. Um, I've collectively written a book and it's been published and released. Um, and you can get a copy of that. It's called The Women Changing the World. And it's a bunch of entrepreneurial women coming together and writing not just about it's not a business book but it's a it's a journey book it's a story book it's about experiences um and that's available as well on my website josephinelancuba.com forward slash books but anyway i'm all over socials you can't miss me if, if you have a look i'm all over it well we will also make sure that all of this whether you're if you're watching on youtube this will be in the video description Yay. if you are um, listening on itunes or, or wherever you get your podcast this will be in the show notes um to be sure but josephine thank you so much for coming on today and just honestly just giving us a little taste of of your journey of your experience from going from i'm an artist and like gosh darn it this is what i'm gonna do to making that transition into business owner and really now thought leader as you think about how to help other creatives make that journey because art and business are not mutually exclusive and it's so wonderful to see you know folks like yourself it. who are able to bridge the gap for for those of us who have struggled a bit so thanks so much yeah. for being here perfect thank you for having me i appreciate your time as well my absolute pleasure well that's it for this episode of the Dance Business Daily. If you're ex if you want to hear more, don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts. And if you liked this video, you might also like this one here.